1: Well, hello,
2: everyone. This is al and I want to welcome you to another live stream marathon today with us uh, here virtually, uh, Dr. Jay Smith, whom I will introduce shortly. But I want to thank all of you for really uh, partnering with us yesterday, for your love, your support, uh, for watching, for taking time to do so, for your super chats, for everything else. And I, I received a lot of comments and even private emails from some of you. So thank you so much. We really felt blessed by your support and encouraging words, and I know my guests felt the same. Today, we're going to have Dr. J. Smith for the first hour, and the second hour, depending, of course, on the schedule of my guests, will be Brother Mill. And obviously, both of them are known for their historical criticism of Islam, uh, Muhammad, and the list can go on and on and on. And that's what's the theme of this uh, uh, live stream today is going to be about. The first hour right now with Dr. J. Smith is going to be two halves, as always. The first 24 minutes or so are going to be for our Let Us Reason podcast. And the second part also will be part two of the Let Us Reason podcast. With that in mind, I want to I wanna also welcome those of us who are joining us right now for our Let Us Reason podcast. This is a special live stream that we are doing through our YouTube channel, Sierra International. And also through our Facebook page, alfadi.sira. If you haven't yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, I highly encourage you to do so. And if you want to go later and watch it also either on YouTube or on Facebook, again, my Facebook page is alfadi.sira, C-I-R-A. Look for the April 27th, April 27th date, because that's when we are doing this right now live from our studios. Uh, With that in mind... um, Today's topic with Dr. Jay Smith is titled Where We Were and Where We Are Going. Dr. Jay, thank you so much, brother, for taking time to be with us. I know you are busy with family for other reasons, and I'll leave it up to you if you want to share at least uh, what's going on. But all that to say is that thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, brother.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm not in Pennsylvania. As you can see, I'm down in Florida uh, because. My mother-in-law just went to be with the Lord, and we're going to be burying her tomorrow. Uh, it's been a terrific time having all the family around. The reason I'm outside is because everybody's indoors. They're, they've flown in from England and from other parts of the United States. Huge family reunion. And so there's no way we could have a live stream with all that noise in the background. But it's terrific to be out here. So if the if you find me going in and out, it's because uh, the Wi-Fi will not will just barely reach to where I'm at. Uh, but it's the only way we can get this live stream done.
2: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And of course, uh, I'm, I'm thanking uh, those who are joining us right now. Alexander, you're saying you didn't receive notifications. We have nothing to do with this, by the way. You might want to check uh, if you have registered. Uh, I should say if you have subscribed to our channel or maybe it's an issue with YouTube or connectivity. So, brother, we we titled this uh, uh, where we were and where we're going. And you even added something I like. You said where we were, where we at and where we're going. What's that about?
1: Well, yeah, you and I have done an awful lot of work together in the past. We've gone through quite a few of these in-studio talks where we unpack the problems with Muhammad. We've unpacked the whole problems with the Quran. We've looked at the Kitaat, the whole, the, the enormous amount of, 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 of people that's half Islamic world when Yasser Qadi and, and uh, our good friend Muhammad Hijab had that interview almost a year ago now. We're coming up to the month, eh? next month where it'll be an anniversary, where they finally admitted that there was a problem with the with the Quran. The fact that the preservation was not quite what they have been telling us, not quite in a long way. So you have you and I have gone through, we've unpacked that we've been, uh, put it up and we've uploaded it. You've just gone through this whole series on your own channel. I'll be doing it. I'm gonna wait until the anniversary comes up in June to put it onto my channel. We've also then looked at the other area, not just the book, we've then looked at the man. We've been really delved into what exactly and who exactly is this man named Muhammad and we have asked the question did he even exist something that was asked in 2012 with our good friend Robert Spencer when he put his came out and brought his book out that kind of broke broke the the ice for everybody and uh, paved the way for the rest of us to ask the same question did Muhammad exist did The city of Mecca exists in the 7th century. Were there people called Muslims in the 7th century? Was there a religion called Islam in the 7th century? All this standard Islamic narrative, as we're calling it on, S-I-N, great acronyms, uh, did the, uh, is the standard Islamic narrative true? And of course, you and I have really done, I think al Fadi, we've done a great job of making, walking it through, so everybody who is watching, who's not heard this before, who are new to this, can walk with us because you're not going to get this in textbooks yet. It's too new. You're not going to get it on university campus. It's too new. You're not going to even get this on television. It's much, much too new. We're the first to really engage at this level, unpacking what we now know about what history is telling us. Now, well, Alfadi, it is always as our dictum, we've always started from this dictum that we always go where the evidence leads. Am I correct?
2: That's correct. That's correct, brother.
1: And you've always started with that dictum. I've come from that dictum that's what any historian should be doing if the evidence leads a certain way we need to follow and we cannot say where it's going to take us we will be surprised by what some of the things we are finding and that's exactly what we've been doing and i think that's one reason why your channel has really uh, taken off with these last few uh, episodes that you've been putting up on the kid on what you're just putting up now concerning this very question what do we know about the origins of islam what do we know about the man the book and now the place those three areas what do we know about the man muhammad what do we know about the book the quran and what do we now know about the place uh, mecca as we've uh, as we've tried to wrestle with the evidence it's obvious to us that the evidence is not taking us along what muslims have been telling us for 1300 years well i may even say suggest 1200 years muslims like to say that these traditions go back to the seventh century, no, they do not. They only to appear in the ninth, and 10th, that's 12 years ago. So we need to redress that and say that from everything that we're concerned, because it's only 1200 years old, why are we even listening to it? Why are we going to these Islamic traditions? Why are we going to the standard Islamic narrative? Why are we even paying attention to it? We would not do that for any other piece of history. We would not do that for any other person like Jesus Christ. We would not do that for how Christianity started. We would certainly not do that for the Bible because we have been asked this question in the 1800s. Can we trust the person of Jesus Christ historically? Did he exist in the first century? Did what he said and what he did, where he went and where he lived. Did those places actually exist in the first century? And rather than say, well, let's go and find out what the third century people told us, rather than what the fourth century people told us, let's go back to the first century. That's what we did as Christians. We had to do that. We had no other choice because that's what any historian should do. That's what any theologian should do. Go back to the events, go back to the time period those events happen and ask whether those events are correct. We did that with the Bible. We did that with Jesus Christ. We did that with this story. We did that with his sayings. We did that with his biography. And that's why in the last 200 years, we've been sitting pretty because we know from what we speak, we understand the power of the historical critique, and we understand how important the historical evidence is. Now we're asking the same questions of Islam, and we need to do that of any religion that makes historical claims, as Islam does. And what you and I have been doing, al-Fadi, is asking perfectly legitimate claims. These are not Islamophobic. These have nothing to do with hatred our hatred of Muslims. We're not even talking about Muslims. We're talking about dates. We're talking about peoples in the past. We're talking about events. We're talking about buildings. We're talking about artifacts. We're talking about timelines. We're talking about maps. That's all we're doing. We're doing what everybody should be doing but hasn't done. The Muslims have refused to do that, so we're doing the job for them because we know how important that is as Christians. That's been done. We had to do that with our Bible and with our Lord Jesus Christ. Having done that, we're probably the best uh, place to do that with every other, including the Quran and Muhammad. Now in the past, what you and I have done is we've asked this question, well, did Muhammad exist? We want to see his name. We want to find any reference to him. And we've looked at coins. Have we not, Al-Fadi?
2: Absolutely. We looked at coins. We looked at the Qibla. Uh, we looked at the whether Muhammad is historical or not. I mean, there is a lot that we looked at.
1: We looked at the rock inscriptions. The coins, those are probably the two best pieces of evidence because they don't deteriorate, they don't disintegrate. They're still with us. We can look at them, we can look at the original text. When you start looking at the Qiblas, the Qiblas, I mean, Gibson's material, the work that he did on that was, uh, I mean, it's been going on for over 25, almost 30 years now he's been working on that more than anybody else, has gone to more mosques, studied more of Qiblas than anybody else, and certainly an awful lot better than David Dr. David King, who is his adversary of this. And we did a whole series, didn't we, on just looking at that debate between David King and uh, Dan Gibson. And in a sense, that debate underlines what we're talking about. That debate was between one man over here, David King, who has been the world authority on the Qiblas, and another man, Dan Gibson. This man has a doctor. This man does not. This man is highfalutin, highfaluting, well known, praised ad, and admired all over the world. This man, no one has even heard about. Yet this man only went to one mosque to do his work and spent the rest of the time reading books in libraries. Whereas this man went to every mosque, over a hundred mosques, went to right to where they were situated and measured them. Didn't go to any library. He used modern modern technology to do the measurement Now, who therefore has the better material who therefore has done the better job and that's exactly what we're doing with all of these talks we're not just looking at what the muslims have been telling us because that's all david king did he just looked and and really mimicked what he read in the 9th 10th and 11th century much much too late and he just said well they know what they're talking about No, they didn't, because they were starting in the 10th and 11th century. As we found out, that 9th and 10th, 11th century all came from further north. Rather than doing what David King did, we're doing what Gibson did. We're going back to the 7th century. We're going back to the 8th century. We're going back to the time when this all took place. We're going back to the time when this man supposedly lived where he supposedly uh, spoke and what he supposedly did. And we are finding he just did not exist. (laughs) Everything we now know about him. Is redacted back from the ninth and 10th century, redacted back to the 7th century, proving that they've got the wrong man in the wrong place doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Now, because of we're, we're doing that, because we're starting with that premise, that presupposition, in some ways, it be- makes our job so much easier because – Where in the past, back when I did my first debate on this back in 1995 with Dr. Jamal Badawi there at Cambridge University, when I brought up those 10 historical problems with Islam, the origins of Islam, I gave 10 historical problems 26 years ago. His number, his only rebuttal is, you're arguing from silence. That's what he said. You're arguing from silence. And absence of evidence does not mean evidence of absence which is a pretty good rebuttal. It's the only rebuttal he had, a great rebuttal. And it's the rebuttal I've been hearing from Muslim for 25 years. Ah, let's hold on. Not 25 years, 23 years. Because then suddenly Robert Spencer came out with his book and we, we had enormous amount of material coming out of Patricia Kroon's material. Uh, We've had, Dr. Robert Hoyland, the book, the one he wrote in 1997, is a treasure trove because he was the first man to go back. This man reads and writes 18 languages. He was the first man to actually go back and actually look at that part of the world and describe it from what other people were saying, what other people were finding, what other people were observing. He did what every historian should do. And because he could read and write their their writings and he could know exactly where they were coming from and he knew... What they were saying, he was putting up one red flag after another and making findings references the fact that there were no Jews living in Medina. There were no Jews living further south in Medina Saleh, which is the Nabataean area. And that almost everything we're looking at that Islam was, has been throwing at us does not come from the central part of Arabia. We just put this, show this map here. Nothing that he could find came from this part of Arabia It all came from way up here, which is called Arabia Petraea. That is the name. That is the only part of the world that the people knew about. This part of Arabia up here. And if you can look here, I'm going to say this part of Arabia up here. Sorry. Right here. This part of Arabia. That is Arabia. Syria. Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, what is today Israel, but mostly Jordan because Jordan is where the Nabataeans live. And that's what he said. Everything you can find up here. Nothing down here, and for a very good reason. Well, from five very good reasons. Number one, again, everyone take looks and like see history does anything take place down here?
2: Yeah. We couldn't find any history. Yeah, keep going, Jay. Sometimes you're breaking up. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we're hearing you now. Okay, I'm sorry
1: about the Wi-Fi. That's the Wi-Fi. Oh, it's okay, breaking brother. Again, okay. I'm outside. I should be inside, but. So historically, there is nothing at all happening in this area of the world. Up here, yes. Down here, yes. In the south, in the north. In the south, in the north. And along the Red Sea. But not here. Not in this section. So that's the first problem. Secondly, topographically, just take a look at the topography. What do you see here? It's brown. It's brown. There's nothing topography, topographically, that would that would aid any need for a, a huge trade route. In fact, the trade route we know, there was no trade route that was international that went up the Western Plateau. What's even more disturbing is that Mecca's not even on the trade route that did exist. And that trade route, according to Dr. Patricia Kodona, just had milk and and leather. So topographically, you've got a real problem. Politically speaking, all the politics follow where the vegetation is. The vegetation's up here. This is where all the trade route was happening. Yes, it went up and down the Red Sea. But it was all up here. It used to go this direction, but because of the big battles between the Sassanids, the Persians, and the uh, the, uh, the Byzantines up here, that shut that down, so it had to be redirected this way. But nothing going up here, nothing going up here, because there's nothing political up here. Sorry, here. There is lots of politics going on down here in the Hadramat area. That's what Yemen and Oman is today. Lots of politics going on up here, but nothing at all going over here. So politically speaking, we just can't find any reference to any great Political kingdom. And if there's no great political kingdom, then what in the world is did Islam, was Islam doing? If it says that this was one of the greatest capitals in the history of mankind, the place called Mecca. What about economically? Well, obviously we know that, and we shut that down. In fact, it wasn't we that shut that down. That was good. 1987, she shut down any trade route we going. This said there was no, all coming up the Red Sea. It was all coming up the Red Sea. But she didn't go far enough. A number of months ago, we found out something even better. We found out that the trade route that she was talking about, she forgot to look and see where exactly where it was going. By the way, Jay. Let me just get this up here and you can see just, what
2: I'm talking about. Jay, just to let you know, we have about eight minutes left for this part just to help time yourself. And then in part two, we'll continue, obviously.
1: So what she found out is – and there goes my map. Hold on a minute. I'm just going to run back.
2: No problem. While Jay is doing this, uh, uh, Sister Gedalia, this no going uh, outside. please silence Dan Manny. I don't need uh, people to come here just to distract us from the topic. The topic has nothing to do with Christianity. Uh, Dan, looks like you're confused. If you are confused, you did not come to the right site, by the way. We can help you with
1: that. So block him, please. Yeah, go ahead. So here's what she found and she shut down the trade route going through by land. What she didn't realize is she said all the trade went up the Red Sea. What she did realize is she didn't look at where the channels were for the ships. The ships are these three channels here, the red and the two golden ones you see here I have on this map. That's where the boats went. They went up on those channels. Notice what side of the Red Sea that is. That is on the western side. That is on the African side. So we went and we decided let's go see what we know historically about that site. And what we found out, interestingly, is that there there was nothing on. So The eastern side, it was all on the western side. It was all over here. Fascinating because I've just lost my earplug, but let's wait. Hold up. Keep going because I can't find it right now. So what we noticed is that everything was going on up here. This is the western side of the Red Sea. And take a look. You have the cities of Asap, 246 B.C., Agilus, 79 A.D., Swakin, 170 A.D., Berenice, 275 BC, Safaga, 282 BC. Hold on a minute. These are all pre-Islamic. Have you noticed? All of the ports are on the western side. All of the ports in the Red Sea are in the African side. Why? Because there was water there. There was vegetation there. There was no water here. where well, there's no water. There's no vegetation. Why would you even go to the eastern side? Therefore, why would you even come to Mecca? How could Mecca be the center of trade, north, south, east, and west? How could Mecca... Be aggrandized. Where did it get its importance from if it was not even on the trade route? All that gets debunked just in the last two months we debunked that. Now, can you see then where I'm saying, where we've come from, where are we now? Well, now I'm zeroing in on Mecca much more so. And I'm going to ask you a few more questions after the break because I want to put you on the hot seat because I want to talk about your city, Jeddah. I want to talk about where you came from because I want to ask you some questions about what we now know about not just Mecca, but Jeddah. Because if, if the eastern coast of what is, to, what do you know, the eastern coast of the Red Sea, which is Arabia, is not significant, then what about your city, Jeddah? And then what about the next city, Mecca? Yeah, We'll do that when we come back.
2: Absolutely. And uh, uh, so to recap, and I want to give uh, Jay time to look for uh, the earpiece. Um, folks, uh, if you're just joining us, uh, we are uh, doing a two-part live stream, uh, two parts because I do also my uh, radio podcast, also called Let Us Reason. So we do the first part, uh, about 24 minutes, to accommodate the radio uh, airtime, and also the second part. But in between, uh, in between, usually, we do a quick transition. But with me here, Dr. Jay Smith, and we've been talking about where we were, meaning, you know, uh, the uh, um, things that we've discovered that contradicts the islamic traditional view what is the islamic traditional view for some of you somebody says you're you're really not so sure what we're talking about the islamic traditional view is this that um, mecca is where islam started from medina is where muhammad migrated to after serving in mecca for 13 years and then living in medina for 10 years Uh, the quran was being revealed throughout this time That it was collected for the first time after the death of Muhammad as a book during the reign of Abu Bakr. And then officially the second time almost 20 years after the death of Muhammad around 652 to 654 under the reign of Uthman. And that's it. We have now a book. We have a man. And this man lived between the years of 570 AD, and died in 632 AD. So he lived for about 63 years, give or take. He started a religion called Islam in 610 AD. Well, guess what, folks? What we're discovering contradicts almost every single one of these, at least, traditional views. The man, it's possible, that did not come from there, and was also a completely different man. The Book it's obvious that was not uh, became formal book or at least standardized or canonized until a later time. The tibla, the direction for prayer, obviously wasn't pointing to Mecca, so we have the place in there. All that to say is these new discoveries, and I, I don't want to reveal also my own studies on some of the early manuscripts, uh, reveals to us that there is something suspicious about the north. North meaning Petra, for instance is uh, southern of Jordan in the northwest region of the Arabian Peninsula, as we know it today. We have things that came from what is called Kufa and Basra, which is modern-day Iraq. There are things that came from Damascus. There are things that even came beyond that region, also from the region of Persia, and so on and so forth. So that's what we are dealing with, and that's why we called it where we were. And, of course, in the second part, we're going to start talking about where we're going with some of this. By the way, this is a teaser, folks. Because me and Jay, in about a month and a half to two months from now, are going to be here in studio, and we're going to do an entire video series on these things, because we always like to update our discoveries and make sure that people are kept up to speed with everything that we are unearthing. However, I want to also emphasize something. Dr. Jay and myself, obviously, we never really give opinions. We share findings supported by evidence, by qualified scholars and archaeologists. And we say this because there is treasures out there that many times people miss because either... The academic field doesn't want to share it publicly out of fear of retaliation. You can't blame him for this. Look what happened to Yasser Qadi, for instance, who is among the Islamic community. And because he dared to say that there are holes in the narrative, and believe me, this is the most truthful statement Yasser Qadi ever made. There are holes in the narrative. He wasn't kidding when he said that. So that's why we're doing what we're doing, because we want to be the conduit for you. We want to share these things that you're going to have a hard time finding. Guess what? We're collecting it for you in these series, giving you even references. If you look at Dr. J's slides, man, he has references galore. I mean, he'll tell you which page and which book and so on and so. So to the Muslims who are watching this, please don't attack us. Go and investigate it for yourself. That's all we're asking you. To. Is it that hard for you to go and investigate the history of what you thought it to be the truth. I grew up for most of my life as a Muslim. And guess what? I can tell you with conviction, I lived the lie for most of my life. I am so thankful I'm still alive to have the chance to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. My father died before knowing that truth. What a real shame. If I knew that truth back then, I would have at least shared with my father the truth and maybe he would have embraced it. That's why we want to share the truth for the sake of our Muslim friends, our Muslim family. I still have family who are Muslim. Uh, Brother, we have one minute left. Is there any last, uh, you know, one last thing do you want to say before we jump into part two? I don't know if you can hear me, Jay.
1: No, actually, I can hear you fine. You did a great job. Thanks for putting it all together. And now that's going to set us up for what we're going to say next. Where are we now and where are we going?
2: Wonderful. Okay, folks, this is the conclusion of our part one of the podcast, Let Us Reason. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, I encourage you to subscribe to Dr. Jay Smith's YouTube channel, which is Fonder Films. And mine also, Sira International. We encourage you to support him and to support us as well. We're looking, by the way, for patrons all the time. For myself, at least 10 per month. So we're looking for about 120 the whole year. So far, we were able to just secure about uh, 8 to 10 because we tend to lose also more, and I'm sure he does the same. So we thank you, of course, for partnering with us. This is what keeps us on the air. This is what helps us to do the things that we are doing and hang in tight until we jump into the next part. Thank you so much. This is Alpadi over now. God bless.